Today on Invasion of Privacy, we are joined by Lisa Ann, who talks about the porn industry. And of course, Kate gives her a tarot card reading. You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wall. And I'm Joe Sanigato. Today we have a special guest, Lisa, Lisa Ann. Watch you guys She's here. Really, really We've well. actually we actually never done do that. that. Yeah. And we just <laughs> fucking did that again. Wow, okay. All of this is just happening. Well, you just, should start <laughs> rapping next. Let's have a rap just battle, okay? <laughs> I'm not a good rapper. I that's a secret uh ambition of mine though, to become a rapper. Like when I listen to rap music, I really relate Kate. I agree to that energy. With you, and it makes me work out so much harder. Rap music, like we're talking about always being strapped. I'm like, I'm, I'm running, okay? I'm on the treadmill. And I'm like, it's the only place Is I get how out. you work out? You do yeah, treadmill? I do. I well, want to kill myself when I I'm hate, on the treadmill. I, I can't. It's so boring. It wasn't until I got my boobs reduced when I retired that I was able to run for the very first time in my adult life. First of all, let's tell our audience. <laughs> Did not know that shit. Oh, by the way. <laughs> Dropped a bomb on yeah. you. This, this is news to me. We have to tell everyone. So, Lisa Ann, you are a retired porn star. I am. I'm a retired porn star. We uh, walk around just like other people do. We try to exist <laughs> in society. I'm getting a lot of pushback. I'm understanding. There's two things that happen when people are in front of me now in the new world. It's like they really can't judge or shame me because, of course, we've given Caitlyn Jenner multiple awards for making a choice that was just a choice. And this was just a choice of my choice. Mm-hmm. But yet there's this inner conflict with their own guilt. And so when I see a guy like having this thing in his mind, I say to him, so do you <laughs> think that we're all supposed to be like housed in like porno halfway houses when we retire? And we're not supposed to go out and like be in front of you as people who like saved their money and made something of themselves. <laughs> they get just like, I'm like, that would be great, right? The house should probably be on webcam so you could watch everything I do and beat off all day. Exactly. And then if we did get He's out. He's like, I just want to tell you your shoes untied, ma'am. <laughs> if we did get out, <laughs> we did get out, we would want to have sex with every random person we saw. Because of course, because we were porn star, the only thing we do in life is have sex. Do you get hit on more than most people, do you think, or less? It would be nice if there was an approach that was like a hit on. I was going to say, because you're obviously your an attractive. generation, you know it. I, you're clicking with me. I, I know. <laughs> yep. No, but you're obviously an attractive person, so people are going to hit on you regardless. But I was, I was going to ask if, well, the same question as you, but kind of the opposite. It was going to be like, are dudes intimidated because you are a porn star? It's the opposite. They're either extremely demanding, like Ugh. like demanding, like why wouldn't you want to have sex yeah. with me? I'll it's give you this much job. money, you know. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not a prostitute. And then I have to have the well, what's the difference between a prostitute and a porn star? Then I go. have to have go to go through all these facts. Well, being a porn star is legal. We get tested. We're making a product. We're creating jobs. We're you know this prostitution is illegal. You know all these things. And then, but you did it on camera. Like, this is the back and forth I yeah. normally get. So that loser is definitely not getting any. Right. <laughs> um, my selective process is pretty simple. Uh, I just reach out to people who have more to lose than I do and who live in more fear <laughs> than I do. So that would be athletes or other celebrities. <laughs> and by just being with me could ruin their whole life. So they're extremely careful about our relationship. Very respectful. And it works out. That's actually a really good strategy. Yeah, it's working. Now that you now that you said that, are you dating right now? Like, are you looking for someone to really 
connect with? Like, do you want that really deep relationship? What, what's what's going on? I do. I'm ready for a one-on-one relationship. I've had a lot of fun with a lot of people, and I lived a nice, free life and enjoyed that. But there is one guy that I've known since 2007, and he's been, you know, really always there for me. And I never would get in a serious relationship when I was in the business. And that was my rule. Because having sex with someone you care about, if for me... Uh, I couldn't go and have sex with someone else that I didn't care about. Right. It just felt like cheating. So it's not something that I could balance out my mind. So I stayed single my whole career. Wow. Then this year has been spent just kind of decompressing, finishing my book. Reduction. Getting, yeah, my reduction, <laughs> running, you know, sleeping more, um, and learning about myself. And it's really come to me over these past three months. You know, I write a little journal, and I, I really log my thoughts because I learned from writing that that helps you so much. And I've realized, like, yeah, it's not just a phase. I am ready. I know what I want. I'm into this nesting. I don't really like being out anymore because people are super aggressive for photos with me. Yeah. Wow. And they're not, and like the younger generation, they're not like, if I say no, they say fuck you then, like to my face at the Knicks game. Do you get by that? By the 2030s of them. Like, yeah. Fuck it's, you then. Like, they, people are they like, have, this. you know what it is? People just expect you to, but they don't understand that, like, you're giving, you already have, are giving them a product. Like, that. I'm doing, that's for you. And you're stealing my porn. Exactly. And you're enjoying you on YouTube for free. Exactly. What the fuck do I owe you something for? Exactly. So it's like, if you're going to ask for a picture, that's like, it's a bonus. Just know that it's a bonus and it's not part of a job. It's almost like they're owed it. They do feel entitled to it. Exactly. They're 100%. very entitled. Yeah. And if yeah. I'm at an event, I do pictures the whole time. Like when I hosted a club, I'm one of those girls that doesn't drink. So I will just stand there for my whole three hours and have the security guy line people up and one at a time take pictures and talk with everybody. Right. That's just what I'm going to do. It's going to fly by. Yeah. But when I'm at a Knicks game... Guys will jump down seats and sit next to me the second somebody leaves, and it's actually That's frightful. So and and then they'll and then we'll be going at it, and then I f- go at it with them. I'm like, so what do you like to do on your time off? Oh, I like to go to games. Do you like your fucking people talking to you on your time off? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I go through this whole thing with them. They still don't get it, and then they'll tweet at me like, I'm "So bummed you didn't give me that fucking picture. That was such a bitchy move." Like, wow. So it's come to the point where all I want to do is be home, yeah. watching movies, doing my thing, working for Sirius, doing my sports stuff, cooking every meal. And that really is the perfect time to want to be in a one-on-one relationship. Yeah. I feel like it would be scary to be you because it's not like you're 6'5". Right? You're small. <laughs> yeah. How tall are you? Like 5'2". Five, 5'2". Five, 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 yeah. Jesus. So, and, I, and it's not like I'm making, I made Kim Kardashian money where I can employ three security guards going yeah. with me. I'm rolling solo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like if a dude, because like I've heard stories of like dudes who are just like super aggressive, like even with someone who isn't a porn star, that just makes it worse. Right. It just heightens the whole, whole like their whole mood and just will be like, well, why won't you? Yeah, it's do, a it's weird like, yeah, phenomenon. Do you get scared a lot? I do. I yeah. do. People, and I, and I tell people, like, you don't understand, like, the guy had a kid run up on me leaving a hockey game, and he went to grab my arm to get my attention for a photo, like, at, in the parking lot, in the middle of nowhere. My girlfriend and I were, like, yapping. My purse went flying everywhere. These cops saw it, thought he was mugging us. He's caught, and it was such a fucking scene. I looked at this kid, I'm like, dude, That's so fucking you weird. literally had me in fight or flight, like, where's my gun mode? I'm going to blow your fucking head off. Like, he's, <laughs> I carry a knife with me in the city, and it's really? always in my hand. I have no fucking problem putting it at some guy's throat. <laughs> None at all. The cops have told me, you tell them it was self-defense, we will completely believe you because we see you getting harassed all the time. Just stab them in the right spot. Do you think you'd there. be able to get the knife out in time? Or you'd be so I flustered? I would stand there and kick the shit out of the guy and then Instagram that shit. Are you kidding? I would send a message. 
I like you, Lisa. I want the blood pool to get bigger in every photo, okay? I want it to be a great Insta a video. Lapse. Well, yeah. I get, I mean, I clearly do not get harassed like either one of you, but just when you're getting catcalled walking down the street, I try to explain to guys who are like, take a compliment. I'm like, that's not you literally, because guys are bigger than you and when they're in groups, you you feel scared because you, you're like, you guys could take me down. Don't you feel that women should be allowed to carry paintball guns and then every time a guy cat coddles us, we should be able to paintball shoot him back because it's not really hurting them, but maybe to us, we can consider that a compliment and we'd be like, hey, I marked my territory now, but bam, I would love to rock a paintball. Or like paintball. a flash grenade. You just toss it and fucking explodes. Everyone goes blind for like a minute. I like to emotionally wound them. I like to walk. Oh, I do too. I like I to like, walk I right up and break them down. I, to- I found myself now getting into these conversations and making it really fucking dark. That's that's what I like to do. I like to go up, especially when they're in a, like a group of guys and they're literally just calling at you like, hey, you're hot. You know, especially if they say something like hey, about mama, my pussy. Why don't you bring that ass over here? I just go up I and I go, you, like you the- clearly didn't want to fuck me because if you did, you wouldn't use that approach. I so just what say, are you go really fuck doing? your mother. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's effective. It offends older Italian men big time. Like, what? How could you say that to yeah, me? Yeah. Same level, yo. You just came at my ass. Which is know? mostly, mostly uh, what they are. Like, the construction guys are, for the most part, an old Italians, time, yeah. yeah. But I remember, I think I've said this before on the podcast, like an older episode, but I was leaving my girlfriend's apartment one time. She lives in the city, and there was, like, construction at, like, the corner for block. And I was walking through, and I'm me, you know what I mean? I'm, so I'm just walking through, and I'm like, I started feeling like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> say anything to me or but I just like felt like they're looking at they me and I was like I know the they were shit out of you they <laughs> yeah. were eye fucking the shit out of you like, and you felt it I was like I know none of them want to fuck me but it's just weird to know that like they're all looking like at people walking by I was like I can't imagine if I was like a girl it's what made me switch I can't to imagine flats. if it were you you just must have those eyes on you constantly I try to look if, I, if I'm gonna look nice if I'm in heels it's always a car I don't walk unless it's only a couple blocks but I tried I went to flats because flats are so much easier in the city and you can book away from somebody if you're scared and it draws less attention um when are I'm you not- in flats today yeah <laughs> yeah you are say yeah Dudes I got- allow you to be in flats and be okay <laughs> it's so much safer man you can run so and then uh when it comes to just walking around when i'm not working i look like the unabomber i wear a hat a hoodie big shades like i'll walk my doorman's like don't want to talk to anybody today, <laughs> do you? nope it's one of those days so i just hide yeah. No one will recognize Do you live me. in the city now? I do. I live part-time here, part-time L.A. Nice. I go back and forth. It's a nice That's little That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And this is my first year enjoying it where I can go to L.A. on the weekends and just enjoy the weather before I was feature dancing on the weekends. So it was it was not what it is now. It's great. Do you, I hope this isn't a stupid question. Do you like to dance? Like dance, dance? Do I, you know what I mean? I like to dance. And this and this guy that I'd like to get <laughs> no, serious I'm with? serious. Dance, dance. I'd like to, what, on my checklist for my dude that I want to have, that I want to have this one-on-one relationship with, I would like to know that he's willing to take dance classes. See, that's what I'm asking. Because exactly. I feel like you have dance what energy. What kind of dance class, though? Whatever he wants. Just something oh, okay. that if we went out together... We could rock that shit a little bit. You know what I yeah. mean? Pull away from the crowd. My, yeah. Be different. My, <laughs> be like in one of those teen movies where yes. suddenly you break off and have a choreographed dance. Yes, My, exactly like that. Thanks, you know, it opens up. We're doing the slide. Yeah. You know? That's kind of like how it is with, because my girlfriend's a dancer. She does, a, she does, a, she dances for like 
some bar company. Mitzvah yeah, companies. bar mitzvah company. She's like one of those motivational dancers or whatever. So like when we go out, we're always like the first people out there who are dancing or whatever. And I think this past Halloween, we were the only people. And I was just like, and she's a dancer and I'm like not a fucking dancer, obviously. So I was just like, all right. Well, whatever. I'm just like hammered. I'm like, she probably looks Can way better than though? I do. Can you dance Like, are you okay? I when have you... like rhythm. I'm okay. not like, you know, super white guy. But... Would you take dance classes with her? She actually asked me to take a ballroom dancing class. And I was like, I'm not going to take a ballroom dancing class. Now that's a bad idea. I think you should do this. If you like this girl, it's not only something you're doing for her, but it is a skill that you're going to bring the next girl. But like a ballroom? I'm just telling, why not? I don't know. If you guys go to a wedding or a family function, it's fantastic to know the ballroom dancing. What could they be wrong really with that? They don't play ballroom music at weddings, do they? You like can bust out fucking... ballroom to some Jay-Z. You see him and B do it all the time. <laughs> do they? Never seen that. They dance. They Every do ballroom Noel. dancing? They, they, I've seen them I'm sure dance they do very nicely. Uh, I think they can probably dance on one foot, you know, and while spinning a basketball on their fingers. Well, I have so many <laughs> questions I want to ask you. Right. If you met the, the your dude and you guys are together, how would you feel? How would you handle it if he cheated on you? And it was not. It was only a sexual cheat, not like an emotional. You know, it's such a tough thing with cheating, and I think that this Charlie Sheen moment that we're all seeing can help really bring the world back down to speed a little bit about what you're bringing into other people's lives. I know many married men in my life that I disapprove of the fact that they're not faithful to their wives. And believe me, the first day this this story broke, I sent malicious emails to every one of them that said, I hope you didn't bring any of this shit home to your wife with those whores you were fucking that I know (laughs) fuck Charlie Sheen. Like, it disappoints me because it's the moral fiber of what you could do and bring home now. It's much different. It's not just just like cheating. You can bring somebody herpes. You can bring somebody anything. And and most people don't know, you know, when girls would get in the business, seven out of 10 times their first test comes back dirty for either chlamydia or gonorrhea, and they never knew they had it. Jesus. Wow. So that goes to show you how uh, un- unregulated the younger population is and how things can get out of hand quickly. And so it would bother me more on a moral level, and it would make me wonder what it is that he couldn't come to me. I would be more understanding if he said, can we go on vacation and bring in another girl? It's not something I really want to do or I want to bring into my life, but if it's going to please him and I'm going to feel like it's in a safe place and I can be sure there's a condom worn, I'm okay with it. But if I can't, if he says he cheated on me, I'm not going to believe him if he says he used a condom. Yeah, because now I don't believe anything you say, so it's a tough one. And it's also when you're in an intimate relationship, you want to be able to trust the person. Of course. So for me, what I always say is, everyone—it's to each his own, right? right. Everyone has different flavors, I what agree. they're into. I agree. That's great. We need to embrace our differences, but be honest. Be honest, because in my life that I've lived for the past so many years, it's been not a problem for everybody to wear a condom with me because they know. For me, if I'm not using a condom, it's because I'm in a serious relationship. That's my rule in life. Like, yeah, I don't bend it. So, and it's and it's like when you're promiscuous and they're promiscuous it's this even thing coming together where neither of you want to take a chance yeah and it's open and it's honest but in a, in a shared relationship you hope that you both do better yeah because that's a big failure i like that i was really curious how you'd feel about that but i think yeah what it does come down to is just honesty and being able to trust the person and, and in relationships i think one of the main reasons people cheat is because they drift on that connection they initially felt that value that one person brought them that feeling of being special it gets boring and it gets dull and if you don't do date night or take vacations or whatever it is you can do to keep that alive it, it just becomes another business in your life and yeah. then someone feels neglected and gets attention out there from somebody else and it's that easy to fall into that yeah. I think a lot of people approach relationships, too, where they're like, they want that person to save them or fill a void, right. whether or not they're conscious of right. it. And then when that person, when it gets old in whatever way, or if they don't fix the person, then they want to go get fixed 
somewhere else. And men are more likely to be serial daters. And what I mean by that is they will almost have the next girl lined up and ready before they break off with the other. Whereas women, we're like cats, you know, we want to have the breakup happen and then have like six months with our friends and do all this other shit we want to accomplish. Analyze the whole thing. (laughs) Go on a couple really bad dates just for fun. But then we open again to possibly wanting something serious. Yeah. Guys are much different. You're the Why guy. Did you guys look at me? I think you should surprise her for Christmas and do the ballroom dancing with her. Aw, that'd be hella romantic. Their one year anniversary is on Wednesday. <gasps> yeah. Whoa, what are you guys gonna do? Uh, Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving. When is this air? Uh, hopefully we'll do it. We'll air this one Thursday if that's cool. Yeah. I mean, regardless, well, and everyone's but, listening to it when it's oh, happy you Thursday. Wanna, no. You don't want to ruin the gift. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. So, but I mean, it's not going. It's going out Thursday. Right, right. right. So, I mean, this Wednesday. She had like mentioned it like briefly because when we the the day we met, she told me she had like I don't know how but the conversation got to like your fears or whatever and she was talking about how she's afraid of bridges and the Statue of Liberty I don't know why but whatever but uh, <laughs> immediately I drove over a bridge and she was freaking out the whole time but she's afraid of heights and shit but then one day she said that she would like to go like we were driving on like the FDR and she, we saw a helicopter she goes oh that would be cool she just like mentioned it one day so I. Booked a helicopter tour. Oh my god! And then, uh, you just made me so depressed and sad. That's about so my life. amazing. And you know, what? I don't blame her about the Statue of Liberty. It's kind of old and dilapidated. When I was in fifth grade, we got to climb all the way to the to, to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, because back then it used to be open to tourists. Oh, right, you know, right, right. remember it was. It's complete, not open to tourists. It anymore? was completely refinished the day before Sandy hit and knocked part of it out again. Oh. And it's such an old structure that it is a risky thing for it to be. So, yeah, that was cool going up there. This she'll love the helicopter. Hopefully. This is romantic. You're That's a great. I just can't. It did, it did make me feel a little bit extra alone when you said that. I was like, gee, this dude, they're going on helicopter rides. I think rides. it's fantastic. He's making an effort. No, that's, no, he's, ama- he's killing it. I'm just like, man, I masturbated up, you know, late last night watching uh, unnecessary porn. And I'm just like, and this, unnecessary. And this dude, yeah, we can get into that. It's okay. What is, unne- what is <laughs> you know, unnecessary it all, it all, porn? It all ebbs and flows. You know what I mean? Glory. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Unnecessary porn is for me, it's porn that starts to go to a darker place. So I try to stay away from porn because I quickly, um, it, we've talked about this. Yeah, I don't know what you're... But, yeah. This so, is, I'm going to get comfortable <laughs> because I see... Uh, Strap in, Lisa. <laughs> oh, this is already feeling great. All yeah, right, here we go. Talk about this like you're on my couch. <laughs> well, when <laughs> I was four. <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, so I found... So I started watching porn when I was like, probably in high school. and Because back then, you had the internet. No, I didn't. Oh, you watched like, VHS? You, oh, your I parents? watched like Friends and like, yeah, like VHSs. Well, it was the illegal cable box. Do you remember that? Yeah, but yeah. you know what? It was never clear. The porn channel it was never clear. And by the way, the porn on the on the cable back then, there was no penny. They showed no penetration. No. It was like it soft porn from the side angle. No like, penny. You know bumping I mean? monkeys. Yeah, we were just no doing Because the director would yell, yo, no penny for this shot. I'm like, no, all right, no penetration. We got that. But yeah, it took a turn for crazier. But I used to still, because like when you're young and you're not used to seeing stuff, I was able to watch that and be like into oh, it. of course. You're just like, oh my God, kids were beating off the Victoria's Secret catalog. Yes, exactly. I've jerked off when I was younger in the bathroom <laughs> by myself to a magazine and the girl was wearing a sweater. She could be with Self Magazine in a fitness outfit. I still think she's hotter than some of the porn. It doesn't even so. have to be tight. Absolutely. It doesn't yeah. even have to be tight. I, as well, I know that there's tits under there. Yeah, there's a so girl. So I'm just going to picture it. <laughs> and that's well, good that's enough. Whole me- in that's many ways, that's hotter. So, okay. So, so then 
I went to college and then I remember going to like a porn store and like getting some DVDs and I'd watch and now like <laughs> and now it got kicked up a notch right where I'm so like double great. like so now we're going to like double penetration one in the badge <laughs> one in the butt and I'm like oh, okay right right then it's kind of the progression of my career so yeah. I know exactly what she's talking about right now okay but then like Start at a certain slow. point like I almost it had to keep getting more extreme for me to even like feel something. Right. So what this is is something that's going on in your personal life right now and something that's surrounding you is making you have to tap into something darker. When I was at the most stress point of me having an agency and, and being very busy with Palin and trying to balance all these careers, I was actually requiring really rough sex in my personal life. Like I wanted the guy to choke me and, and that's not like me at all. Like I don't like any of that stuff and so I did the psychoanalyst and I just went and talked to a bunch of people and I said why am I going to this dark place sexually and they said because everything else is so intense in your life right now that you have to get past that level to find any pleasure zone Makes so sense. that's where it put me and that's mm-hmm. when I realized alright I need to remove some things from my life and I really need to because I will tell you that I have a sex injury uh, a scar right there from having careless sex um and yeah, so um, that's why you're going across there. the, well, the saw, nose there. Yes, yeah, I smacked my face on my headboard. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> my wooden headboard was slammed right into Jesus. it. Jesus, yeah, it wasn't pleasant. I told the kid to leave, or I'd kill him with my own bare hands. And then I drove myself to a CVS with blood all over <gasps> my face and all over my body. Oh, you were bleeding with a, a lot. grip of cash. Looked at the like 16 year old behind the counter. It was like two in the morning. I'm like, listen, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk around the store right now. We're gonna buy all the shit we need. I'm gonna lay on the floor with a mirror. You're gonna clean. He probably thought I was like some Wait. gunshot rate, uh, <laughs> like the gang fuck? unit person, right? Like I had just been ga- a gangbanger and been shot. He laid me down. I laid there. I was so worried about my eyebrows. I didn't want any heavy tape on. In the middle of CVS. On. In the middle of CVS in the middle of the night. What are my other choices? I live alone. So you were like, I'm not telling do, any of my you? fucking friends because they would laugh too hard. No, I just had to butterfly it so I could make it home so I could start researching plastic surgeons I was going to call the next day. <laughs> but I needed to get to that point and yeah. I couldn't stand up and do it because the blood oh. was just spitting out of my head. Both my eyes were black and blue by the next day. My entire, I mean, I'm lucky I didn't break a bone, but yeah. How the what was, fuck what did was you going hit this on when you, so Yeah, hard. what was going on? <laughs> Um, I was being careless sexually and it was just something that we were doing that I shouldn't have been doing. Okay. That's where you want to leave yeah, it. Yeah. But that place is where I was at. Well, and so- I would have never been careless like that. I'll tell you what it was. I was having unprotected sex and he was going to come and I flipped out and he pushed me off him too hard and slammed me into the headboard. Oh, wow. And to me, that's just as bad as going to a dark place because that is a dark place. That's doing something I shouldn't have been doing. No, so- I agree. It's making a decision that's not in alignment with your soul, not taking care of is yourself. This productive to who I am right now. How mm. strong is this guy that he fucking <laughs> threw you? <laughs> And broke your fucking nose. I think it nose. was more the fear of potentially getting me pregnant right. and killing him was probably yeah. part of the motivation, right. you know? Yeah. Jesus because on Christ. set, I would look at the guy before the scene, because remember, on camera, we couldn't use condoms. Yeah. And I would tell the guy, you fucking come inside me and I will kill you. You will not leave here. I will take your car and all of your belongings. That will be it for you. And my directors would stand behind and be like, yep. Yeah, yeah. She's told us to get rid of the bodies. And <laughs> she, that's, uh, she's yeah, killed it's people. It's happened to a guy or two before. We can't talk about that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, too, about that. Like, because it's... I used to work for a company, Elite Daily, and we did a piece on I some... I know Elite Daily. Oh, yeah. So I, I used to work there, and we did a piece on a porn star and his like personal life, and he was saying a lot of the times, like, sometimes you don't even know who you're working with until you get there, right. and like you kind of meet them. Does that make it like 
like harder or is like my career was much different because when I got in the business in the 90s everything was a choice and we were treated like whatever you don't want to do you don't do so I met every guy I worked with and I didn't work even though I was as popular as I was I didn't shoot 20 scenes a month I wasn't meeting strangers I had about the same 10 guys I worked with I did two or three shoots a month you know I kept it going but for the guys it's much different they're working 20 days a month and for the guys there's new girls series there's so many series with girls they're happy to work with one of the top 10 porn stars they know who they're working with the day they're working with that girl right Right. but as for the other girls some of the guys would tell me it kind of makes it exciting because they're so disappointed by some of the girls and some of the girls if they know they don't like her but they have to work with her anyway they'd rather not know on the way there like Uh. one of my favorite guys to work with just because he was fun was always Mr. Pete he was just a silly guy he would never let the director tell him who he was working with because he didn't want to get into his head if he had a bad experience with her before if he overanalyzes the situation he looked at every day like it was the same so we would always fuck with him like if there was a housekeeper or something at the location like, I'd be is, like yo I'm hiding back in the room <laughs> you go out you tell me he's working with her today it's a new series you know we had so much so much fun that the mood was very light and I liked that about the business did you ever while you were being filmed get really into it and actually get wet or was it normally like I always did. And again, this is a product of me being from the 90s before the Viagra era. We had to be intimate with each other. So back then, we would usually start our scene in another room. We'd be kissing and touching. And back then... The directors would have you go into a room alone and sit and talk with each other and say what things you did like and what things you didn't like. And it was such a great open experience because a guy would say, you know, if you kiss my neck behind my ear, it always makes me hard again. Or like everyone could tell you they're automatic so you could help them throughout the day. And as a girl, we didn't use lube on set back then unless it was anal. And none of the contract girls in the 90s did anal. So uh, I it was you had to be wet and you had to be into it and your skin had to be flushed and they wanted to be sure that it was real and you were shooting for so much longer that it was impossible to just act it out. Whereas yeah. now with a handheld camera, some of these scenes can be shot in 20 minutes. So no one really has to care how into you can get in 20 minutes. But mm-hmm. when you have to get the guy hard, you're shooting on film, they stop shooting, relight the room, move things around, you have to keep him hard, you become connected. And I loved that part of the intimacy I found in the early 90s because when I meet the girls now, most of the girls now are like, I don't know who I'm working with today. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to look up his picture? What if he's hideous? Like, <laughs> doesn't that freak you out at all? I cannot have sex with someone I'm not attracted to. So I just found it bizarre that this was going on, and it just became a way of uh, that they just don't care. Yeah, that's how That's how I, like, when I was watching, because we, we filmed a video about him. Like, while I was watching it back, I was kind of thinking, like, that was like that sounds weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you you show up and it's kind of like oh hey what's up and then yeah we're gonna fuck and pretend yeah I'm gonna pretend you're my fucking sister or some shit. That's like that makes it even weirder because like you show up <laughs> you have no idea who this person is now you're like okay we're related uh-huh. and we're gonna fuck so it's gonna be sick. But if it's you like, love Tinder like the world loves Tinder. Yeah, right. It's also pretty exciting showing up on set, knowing that you're going to have sex with someone who's tested, knowing you're in a safe place with other people. There's no risk to you getting hurt or attacked by this person. And you're walking out of there with a paycheck. Sure. The whole thing's pretty dynamic. I mean, when I was yeah. like at peak working with the guys I loved and I knew that day, like, oh, my God, I'm going to have an orgasm today and then I'm not going to talk so to anybody So you have an tonight. orgasm on set? Uh, why wouldn't I? Why would I waste that time enough to interact <laughs> with boys on my free time? Like, if I was like, I could be in my car by two, I already came, I'm hitting the gym and I'm going to watch TV all night, I'm stoked, you know? Like, so, yeah. Wow. And I made it my thing. And, you know, people always ask me, like, what made you so popular? I really just think it was because it was real for me. 
And, and, and I didn't fake my situations. I didn't work with people I didn't want to. I didn't make chemistry that wasn't there. I didn't take money for things I didn't want to do. Right. Good for you. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, see, my, we've talked about this. My vagina doesn't even flinch for someone. And unless there's like a weird, deep connection. And I, I have a joke about it where I'm like, I'll be talking to someone. I think we're just friends and my vagina will flinch. And I'll be like, him? Really? Like sometimes I don't even know... So you like, have to go into your own place. And I think probably shooting triggered me was like, if I give a blow, when I'm giving a blowjob, I'm getting wet. Like to me, it, it's a trigger. It's like probably trained from the business, right? But it's something that I love to do and it's part of my oral fixation. So that is all I need. And then if somebody kisses me, because some people on more movies don't kiss. Mm. Like sometimes the guys come on set or the girls come on set and they tell you that their new partner at home, their new boyfriend or girlfriend, doesn't want them kissing in the scene. And it's like, it's a bummer for somebody who that takes it to the next level. Yeah. So I had to find... So let me ask you something. Yeah. How long have you been going into this dark place onto the internet looking at this <laughs> stuff? Because I'm intrigued. So let's say... This is turning into a therapy session. Yeah, no, I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, when did I start getting into like the darker, the darker porn? Like um, the porn where the guy like fucking smacks her, spits on her and fucking... The scene is most likely hey. in a restroom. Hey. The scene is most likely in a restroom. In a restroom. Like a truck stop. <laughs> There's a toilet. I've watched some not so great There's like a camcorder filter for it. Yeah. uh, I would say I started getting into like some of that darker stuff probably about like five or six years ago. Definitely after my divorce. Okay. And, you know, with my therapist slash spiritual healer person, we have talked about it's it's about me facing my inner monsters, my inner demons. Sure. And then what you're doing is places, you're yeah. going into a dark place and then you probably pull out of it like, oh, I'll tell you with me and alcohol. I'm not a good drinker. I can drink soft liquor only, beer and wine. Um, if I'm going to have wild sex with my dude, then I'm going to do some Jameson at home and I'm not going to leave. But there's no mixing. There's no drinking because I have so much guilt the next day mm. that I have this internal conflict that goes on all day about how mad I am that I'm not going to get to work out as hard and I'm not going to get to be as focused. So what you're doing is a double torture because after you watch it, you feel twice as bad as the pleasure that it gave you. And now you're right back in that place. And it's a vicious cycle. I was talking to my friend Ellie. She's been on here about it because um, she yeah, I won't share her stuff anyway. But uh, she understands that what, what's happening is it's me. It's about me facing. So if pain's coming up for me, um, but it's also about facing. I've talked about this. I feel like we all have an inner murderer, an inner rapist right. within us. Right. Most of us don't want to face those darker parts in right. ourselves. I'm trying very much to go there, to go to the depths of myself as a way to kind of feel free, right. be who I am. And I think part of me watching that is trying to get in touch with those yeah. things. But like you said, afterwards, I feel awful. Because first of all, I try to stay away from porn anyway because I First of all, the the porn that's not like crazy at this point almost doesn't even do anything for me. Yeah, I can understand that. You know what I mean? It's almost just like, all right, next. So I don't know. There, yeah, it's like a weird, interesting thing. But at the same time, I don't think anyone should have shame about their sexuality or no, wanting to you, watch it, but porn. But if you feel guilty about the level where it's yeah. at, see, in, in the 90s, we regulated that. We didn't give you that as a choice in the U.S. You could not see what you see today on the Internet. Now you can see yeah, anything. Yeah, you can see everything. There was no smacking, choking, spitting. There was no fisting. You couldn't have more than two fingers and a girl at a time. Like, there were so many rules. There was rules. a finger rule? There was rules. Two no I thumbs. like that. <laughs> People have gone to jail. There's For company owners that have had one misstep in their scenes, and it got distributed in a state where it was illegal and that fucking guy sits in jail for 20 years for wow a thumb. yeah 
one thumb could send you right but to prison. But now <laughs> the internet opened it up to the point where there's so much out there that, that it's it's also pushing young people to go that route and young people to be more aggressive sexually yeah. and thinking that it's normal and it's really not normal. And so, like, everyone has to have willpower. I just read the book Willpower this weekend. Okay. Great book. <laughs> I'm going to get it for you. I'm always sending my friends books. That's the first day I met Amelia. I sent him a book. Did you really? 10% Happier by Dan Harris. Great book. Okay. Um, but Will Parra talks about, like, what, what are your goals and what do you want and what do you want to choose as what you're wasting is self-control that you're using mm. towards willpower? Or what do you just want to make a habit? So when you make it a habit, it no longer stresses you to choose. My example was I shave every day. No matter what, I want to be game ready. I feel like I have hope when I shave. Everything? Like everything, armpits, legs, vagina? Everything. Once a week, my arms. Like, I don't fuck around with that because you know what? That's the, that's the day you meet the dude. That's the day you meet the dude. And do I want to be limited because I'm like, oh, I haven't no. shaved my armpits? Lisa, like, let me tell you something. Right you could have the longest pubic hair and a dude's going to fuck the shit out of you. But I don't want that to be my first impression. I want to be game ready at okay. all times. Okay. You're fully trained, okay. ready to go. I'm just making excuses. I'm like, I'm not going to be game ready ever. And so one of the stories <laughs> they talked about is a guy shaving that was on this wilderness retreat. And they asked him, why did you shave every day? It didn't matter. You're going to be in Africa for three months. He's like, because by making it a habit, it no longer took any of my self-control or will or energy to do it and it was just something that kept me in the same place from where I was before so when people stop dating and they get out of a relationship and they let their body go and they don't shave and they don't do those things that means they don't love themselves enough to want to do it just for themselves and that means they were doing it for someone else and now they kind of resent it so Mm. I think it's all about creating the habits of like who you really want to feel like you want to be it makes you feel sexier every day and it just becomes your habit and you don't have to do as great of a job because if you miss a spot you shave every day you know it's just something that... There are going to be like, asshole hairs that will always be I there think a little that, bit. I think that it's a, as a woman, I think that it's something that you should do just for you. I'm not going to shave just for me because I hate... I mean, I also My even... My best friend is the same fucking way, but she has blonde hair, so her hair's... No, yeah, look at this. She got lucky. No. But the... the but her legs look like that and I'm like I, I shave my legs but and not I'm like you're a, a fucking hero man the fact that you deal with that shit I'd be waxing her in her sleep I would duct tape her to the bed and wax her shit you know <laughs> she's like I just hate shaving do you wax do you wax your no, vagina no I can't let it grow for long enough to wax oh it my bothers gosh. me too much because I have to shave every day wow I know just one of my things it's probably it's part of the habit it's like yeah. brushing your teeth at this point yeah. I guess yeah yeah, no, I mean, I just, I'm so lazy. Like, even when it comes to taking a shower some days, I'm like, do I really, I did this two days it ago. It depends <laughs> on your waterhead, I'll tell you. Because my apartment here in New York has the fucking best showerhead I think I've ever had in my life. And I tried duplicating it at my house in LA, but it's not the same water pressure and it doesn't seem to work the same. But it's just such a good showerhead that you want, you don't want to miss out on you being in there be at least in there. once a day. And yeah. So okay. I, mean, I think it's with showerhead. I, you know when you're in a good hotel and has a great showerhead, you want to be in there? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I'm not a, I'm not a big shower person. Every now and then I'm like, this feels good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I should you know remind should myself. Do? Get high first. Just a little weed. <laughs> Lisa, no, bad. listen, if I get In some states it's legal. When Don't I judge. get high, I, I remember that I skyrocket through the universe in a way that's too much. Here do you know what we I mean? go. Like I see the I eye of God. I want to do this oh, with her. <laughs> I want We tried do doing this. a podcast. We had to cut it short. Because I was she see she sees wild shit. I saw okay, angels. but work is no good. But like the shower is the best place to be high. It just feels so that, much. If I could get high the way you get high, that sounds amazing. <laughs> I end up being like, 
I end up fi- like going so fast into the answers of why it, it's too much. Doesn't work for you. It's too much. <laughs> we might keep her away from the Mary Jane then. We might keep her away from the Mary Jane. When I Jane. drink, I start crying about all the pain of the world See, that I can feel. It's just a depressant. I just don't get it. <laughs> I- it's just a depressant. Honestly, I don't get it. When people go out and do it, I'm like... I mean, there's very few times you've gone out where it's just been like a great night and everything went great and everything was simple. And there was no drama at the end of the night. And there was no tragedy later. And then you didn't wake up fucking feeling like, where, why is my key still in my front door and shit like that? You know, that's not good. <laughs> we yeah. went out one time to a bar and drank. She had one, like half a beer, like half a beer. And she's like, <sighs> she's like borderline <laughs> on tears. And I'm like, Kate, why can't I wasn't on tears? I was just like. Life is yeah, weird. No, and I she, was just like yeah. starting to I take feel the in. Same way yeah. though. And she's like, I it feel makes like me I'm buzzed. Feel weird. It's weird. But, yeah. Now, if I can have a nice glass of wine with food, I've also learned that you got to be eating at the same time and drinking water because we're tiny people. But it tastes like poison. Wine to me tastes like you're drinking poison. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. You have to like, for, it's like, it's like shaving. You got to do it for like a week yeah. every day. You get one glass in, and then after a while, it tastes good. But I get. I'm it. very sensitive. Me I'm too. an empath. I mean, I can't wait to read your cards. I can't wait either. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking stoked yeah so like for me substances have just never taken but but the whole I would reason like to have some time with you outside of this podcast <laughs> woman to woman well, i think i can hang. get you to the next hump i really do <laughs> i have been there i get it i know exactly what you're thinking and it, it's just about removing some elements from being like looking at your mind as a house and then all the experiences, like you haven't had the trauma, which we're so happy. Your house is so nice and clean. But our houses are a little bit more cluttered. And with that clutter in our houses, it's important that we know where to put it. And some experiences will never leave you, but they just belong in the attic, and they don't need to come down. And if alcohol is what makes them run down that stairs, then you know what? You better not drink. Leave that shit right up there where it belongs, you know? My, uh, my therapist person, uh, she talks about including everything. Okay. So I like the house thing where it's like you can't make anything leave the house no i look at it like if i was walking you through my living room what would i show you first what would i want you to see what's tucked away for someone that i get to know better in my bedroom and what's just in the attic because it's already fucking happened it's going to be there till i move and i don't need to deal with it right now a lot of metaphors right now not a metaphor what is it analogy analogy metaphor analogy i think that's the same one of those things you know they're all the fucking same the therapist (laughs) is always a great a great thing to really keep yourself on track too but reading yeah. has helped me more than any person I ever spoke to. Because after a while, really? I look at the person, I'm like, you're getting in my fucking nerves. Can I get a new person? But then you got to explain. It's like dating. I you know what so. I mean? Like, at first you feel a real good connection where it's unconditional. And then eventually you start, like, getting right, regular. Ah, fuck you. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, man, I'm paying you to fucking talk right now. We're talking. And I'm sick of you not making me excited anymore. You know, let's get a guy this time. Or let's get, like, the lady from Sopranos. Or, like... <laughs> It's just not like that. But reading has helped me the most. Reading's good, too, because it, whatever resonates with you is true. You get to take in. Mm-hmm. And then what doesn't, you get to say, okay, whatever. You and know? are we dating? You in the book? You. Oh, my date? No, I'm not dating. Dating is so tough in New York. I was oh, like, why, are we dating? I'm are, like, Lisa, why, fine. Why, okay, why, you why, and I, let's we'll do date. this. That's fine. I've we never got been this. with a woman. <laughs> fine. I got this. I'll, we'll do this. I'll, I'll nest with you. Uh, are you da- not dating because you don't want to? Or are you dating because it's New York City and people are weird? Well, I got out of something recently that was very intense. and um, Was it a roller coaster ride intense? Yes. Yeah, I've been on one of those rides. But it's rides. also like, he's also very, very spiritual. And it was like intense in a whole other way where it's like, we took it to like a weird place. Not purposely, but like, Fast. it's not just like normal why things don't work. It's like, well, you know, 
Like these aliens. It's like it's like it goes to like a whole other How place of roller together? coaster. Uh, over a year, but okay. we like live together. That's serious. Yeah, Ooh, he's I've great. Only, but only yeah. live with one person, and like the moving out thing is the worst experience of brutal. your life. It's just brutal. After that, I was like, I want to be sure for sure for sure the next time. So I haven't done yeah. it since. I mean, that's smart. It's definitely, I think definitely the next time I need to, I, I'm impulsive when we're talking about willpower. Oh, I need I to know. work on that, on my willpower, impulsivity. So I want to know, so the next time I have the desire to watch porn, would you say, to step in and say, that's not going to make me feel good after? Is this, is what I'm doing Hump right now? pillow, Pod- Productive. This is when we go to little meditation sites and we go to these nice little sayings and, and what do we call them? Um, go to my quotes or my yeah, memes. Your, yeah, me- all those things and you reread <laughs> them to yourself and whatever it is that brings you back to center, you know, and you say to yourself, this is not productive for the person that I want to be. And sure, it's a temptation. It's just like it would be with, you know, I, I, my, my bad habits at the same time, are having right? sex with people I shouldn't be having sex with. So this year I cleaned up that bad habit. Good I was for like, you. All right, I'm going to we- do a weeding out process. I'm going to see some people and see who's staying on my bench on my roster, who I'm keeping, who I'm just going to kick to the curb. Like the young kids, when I was on the road, if a kid would come at me and be like, yo, where are you at? For some reason, I thought it was okay because I was so fucking bored on the road and I would text any dude that texted me. And now a guy does it to me and I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to like that? <laughs> where yeah. are you at? You don't come at me without fucking, well, I'm a 43 year old woman. So I need to block that guy. It was a useless fuck and you just did it because you were bored. Like, so. So I'm making better choices as the days go on. Yeah, it's a journey, right? Learning how to do that. And it's constant. And drinking, I can't do because I'll go right back. Like, I'll go right back. Like, drinking, once I reach that person for a certain point, I'm like, yeah, you, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I can't live like that. That's so irresponsible. Guy could kill me. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's hard. I totally relate in the sense of you get to a point where I think behavior that I would have tolerated out of men back in the day, I'm finally hitting a point where I'm just like, no, I don't want to be treated like that. That's not okay for me. And actually, it's because I had a dream three nights ago. Let's this shit. Oh, God. Because he really is. Even though he hasn't Watch had this. trauma, he's a very, like, creepy in a good way, wise soul. That's an alleged statement, by the way. No, he just, like, no. He, do you know what I mean? For being so does young, he he's figured out how to. He does have a sister. That helps a lot. I really, I really think having a sister gives you empathy because you start to see things happen to women when you're out and about. And you would think. I wouldn't want that to happen to my sister. Like where yeah, your sister tells you something that happened to her and you're like, oh, I won't do that to a girl. It's different because my sister doesn't really talk to me about shit like that at all. I'm close to my mom though. Like I would consider myself a mama's boy. Okay, that's but, great because yeah. that's what gives you that compassion. Yeah, but it's not necessarily like that. Like I just feel like I've been able to deal with some of the bad things that have happened in a way that I won't let it affect the next the, girl. The next or the next girl or whatever it is. It couldn't it's not not a not relationship Base is something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just try to not let it, you know, affect my decision making or, you know, whatever's going to happen in the future. And don't carry it with you. Yeah, Yeah. not at all. I've never done that. It's just been like, that's the biggest mistake people make in life. And your life is like carrying suitcases. And the more you carry with you, the heavier it fucking gets. Mm. And the heavier it is, the harder it is to just be mobile and get out there and live. And I always tell people, like, Deepak Chopra was probably the biggest game changer for me. I did really? a live seminar when I was 24 years old and sitting in front of him in person. And he walks into the room and he tells everybody to hold a breath. And everyone holds their breath. And he says, is it getting uncomfortable? Is it getting uncomfortable? And he says, you can let it go. And he says, doesn't it just feel better to let it go? He's like, you got to <laughs> let some shit go. And it was just a simple thing that he said. But I was like, yeah, you know what? That bothered me, you know, 15 years ago. You know, my parents are dicks. Okay, I'll let it go. You know, yeah. so you just got to just move on. Yeah. 
that's what I'm working on is I think letting it go. Well, I'll tell you about the dream. So I had this dream and Joe appears in it. And I don't <laughs> I think this might be the first time you've ever appeared in a dream for me. Well, your first cameo. And, oh boy. and he was like, it was so funny. He came as like this wise soul where he was just like, listen, oh. you are in a prison, but it's your own prison that you've created and you can walk out at any time you want. And what do they look like? You, well, I was gonna ask you, what, are, you have your was, stupid gym shorts on. I was going to ask what know. you were wearing. I was going to yeah. ask what you were wearing. What's my like first? Because in my dream, I have to know what no, I was wearing. It was typical Joe, and like you weren't dressed. You just, but like I, he said it in a way because I think I was saying to him, he represents to me someone who's so wise and grounded that for some reason hearing him say it to me in the dream and like it was a little longer like I'm keeping some personal details out because he like went into some of my personal shit of like look look at this that's amazing this is why you're attached that you to that it is awesome too I woke up I woke up immediately after and I was like kind of like taken back <laughs> it was one of those dreams yep, where you're like yep. oh where my god almost can't I fall just back had knowledge asleep. dropped on my ass yeah and I saw it. He said it in a way where I saw it. I was like, okay, I see my prison. And then the whole next day, I really was like, oh, my gosh, I'm in a cage. The door's open. I'm the only one keeping myself from walking through that door. And that whole day, I was like, I don't know if I can walk through the door. I don't know if I can. You know? And then I just talked to myself. I was like, of course you can. You're strong enough. You're not that little scared girl anymore. You don't need these defense mechanisms. You don't need to talk to guys that aren't making you feel right you know right special you right and i i did some some big stuff the other day that i normally haven't and i spoke up for myself and i was like this i need space i need to do what's best for me and it was like a big fucking moment that's fantastic so, your, inf- <laughs> your influence is big and these are things that you should write down you know write I these know. things down so you can go back and look at them when you're having like a weak moment or a blah moment you know a gratitude journal before you go to bed is a great thing to do if yeah. you write down five or six things you're thankful for every night before you go to bed you will definitely have a more restful night's sleep and you get things just out there and it could be something as simple as that your family is healthy or that your friends are good or that you got to see somebody that day or that you're able yeah. to pay your own bills Whatever it is, that that gratitude brings you right back down to basic, and basic. Because on the energetic level, if you're resonating at gratitude, yes, you're, the universe will just give you things yes. to be the gracious. Secret. Or yeah, there you go. The exactly. Secret. We're all energy. We're all energy. I love that you're so on board with it. So on board. <laughs> so on. Well, I have been since I got to see Chopra, and it made me want to read all these writers and see so many seminars. I thought if I learned one thing at each one. I'm going to be a really great person by 50. It's really a good benchmark to say, I just wanted my shit together. I want to be calm and rational. I want to be able to help and enable a lot of other people's success as well as my own. You know, I just want to have my core values are very simple. I just want to have my security. I don't need a lot of things. And there's another documentary I just watched called Happy on Netflix. Okay, I've seen it on there. Super sweet. But I love that it talked about intrinsic values and superficial values and that they show different types of families and they're not happier with no money as the people with money. These are not the things that intrinsically make us happy. So it's it's all coming together. You got it. You're a beautiful person. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) You are though. You have such good energy. Thank you. Yeah, and you're such a compassionate giving person, so... I was blessed by knowing a woman to live to be a hundred, almost 102 years old. She died two years before her, two days before her 102nd birthday. And she was my neighbor growing up and she was never able to have her own children. And she was actually ahead of her time. She married a man who was previously married and his wife passed away. 
Okay. And she took care of his two sons. Well, back then in the 40s, you know, you're talking that was really looked down upon. So she was like this very cool older woman who was very open minded. She had no judgments on what I did for a living. She asked, always would ask me, are you happy? Are you doing what you want to do? Do you feel good about it? You know, she would always ask me those things. And she was the only person in my life from birth until she passed. Mm-hmm. Whereas my parents have been in and out. I've had a chaotic, chaotic childhood. And she was so good. And with the things that I gravitate are really from her were just, just how real she was and how easy she was to be with. And how she just really wanted the people that she met to feel good and have a better experience and, and just be better people after she met them. I mean, she was just, till the day she died, she was making lap blankets for what she called the old people at the nursing home. Okay? Like, so many people were in their 60s. And she'd be like, the old people. I've got to make blankets for the old people at the nursing home. And she taught me to sew. You know, she taught me to cook. She taught me to bake. We used to raise her garden together. She raised irises, and we would have a whole field of irises. And she would just leave baskets outside her garden. And anybody in the city that wanted to come and pick fresh fruits, vegetables, or flowers could come into her yard at any time and take what they wanted. That's cool. Yeah. She sounds rad. Yeah, she was totally rad. Game changer for me. Yeah. And she lived to be 101, so she's she's doing something right, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Less stress, you know? I wanted to ask you also how you even got into porn. So I was living in Easton, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Super small town. That's where my uh, ex-fiance, before I got Is from married. Easton? Yeah. Shut Freedom. the front door. Where are you from? Was, I think are it was like Freedom Easton? High oh, School. There. There's Freedom Wilson in Easton. He did Freedom. What was his last name? Mancini. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so much an Italian name. Of course, there's Mancini's, Capora's, the whole city's, Rinaldi's, That's Mancini. so funny. Um... So from there, I started dancing. And when I was 18, I went to this club in Reading. And this club was a nude club, and they had features coming in every week. And it was different porn stars. And back then, this was, you know, 1990, I'll say. You weren't even thought about yet. Were that was you, close. Were you born yet in 1990? Okay. So how, when were you born? 92. Okay, so close. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I got disconnected. Hold on. The semen... Was maybe in your dad's ball sack. So, no, semen gets replenished. No, semen. yeah, Jesus. no, forget it. So I started to look at these girls at Al's and I started to think, you know, this is pretty dope. I knew I was going to dance for a long time. The money was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I wasn't connected to my family or any reason to not do it. So I started interviewing the porn stars that would talk to me every week. So I would sit outside their little dress room and I would ask them all these questions. So for two years, I conducted a pretty... survey (laughs) how to get on the box cover what things i need to know will someone kill me when i'm out there and some of these girls were really helpful and they gave me mailing addresses and people to reach out to and so about every six months i would hire a photographer myself now think about this at 18 i'm like i'm pretty dope i'm hiring people like (laughs) i didn't realize that until i wrote my book and i was like good for you yeah right yeah sounds like you in a sense like at a young age just kind of knowing how to work the business what you're doing is you're starting to build your village and you're just doing it because you're trying to do your thing but you're helping others too you know, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. You got people editing your stuff and shooting. He your edits stuff. himself. He does. Yeah, today. He's fascinating. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I wrote to the companies, and and you know, I got shut down a couple times. The first one, I had a huge Italian nose. There, everyone was like, "You got to get your nose fixed." Got the nose fixed. Let the swelling go down. Shot more pictures. Sent them out. You got to get boobs. Got the boobs. Like I was just like dancing, meeting the girls, and then doing the tasks. And then after two years, we narrowed it down to about six companies that wanted to meet me. I bought a one-way ticket. I went out there and I met with this guy I'd never met with before, but all the girls recommended him. And he was like an exclusive agent where he would kind of take you around and meet certain people and then you would do your contract and the company would pay him for that. So I didn't want to shoot a movie until I had a contract. 
I wanted to be on the box cover of all my movies. I wanted to have a PR schedule that could work around what I wanted to do, which was feature dancing, just like all those girls did at Owl's. And those girls at that time were bringing in between forty and $50,000 a week. Cash. How the fuck? This was because there was no porn on the internet. Yeah. This was the only way to really see girls. We weren't even doing lap dances. Lap dances weren't even legal yet. It was just the girl would come in and she would sell Polaroids and she would sell DVDs and it was just a huge fan base back then. So yeah, it was a great time to get in. You could really legitimately brand yourself whereas I think now the girls, there's so many, it's a yeah. lot harder for them to brand themselves. Brand yeah. themselves. Yeah. yeah, I can't, I can name like, honestly I can name like five porn stars I feel like. It's, but but I know some of my friends that know like everyone. Like my really? friends are gonna. Fr- I, I haven't even told some of my friends that. Oh, we'll I've, take that a picture talking. later. They'll lose their. They'll shit. fucking yeah. They'll go insane. Like, do tell her. Give her my number. <laughs> Did you guys talk? fuck? Yeah. I'm gonna get that about. 100. I'm just gonna tell Wait everyone. Wait till you yeah. post it on Insta. I'll be like, yeah. Be like, no, in Kate, the middle of the whole Kate thing. Kate and Lisa did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were scissoring. I had no time to. <laughs> During the whole podcast. During the whole podcast. No, but like to get to. St- like I, want, I was wondering because like you know like those cat casting couch pornos where it's like the guy's like oh well you, well you're gonna have to blow me then and this it's is like, why that shit. I did my homework and that right. girls and it was what was great was the girls gave me a list of people not to talk to in California yeah and some of the girls were more jaded and they would just be like if you ever meet this guy don't talk to this guy and then when I would hear two or three other girls also mention that guy I was able to form an opinion and when I met that guy it was like stranger danger would go off right. in my head when I'd be at a porn event and that guy would walk up to me I'm like oh my god that's the guy everybody talked about don't talk to him so yeah. I was like young and spun enough to be able to soak it all in. I, w- I didn't drink any alcohol until I was in my 30s. So I wasn't drinking wow. or anything then. So I didn't have really, my weed was always just my thing. That was it. It was simple. So it was easy for me to get out there and not let it destruct me. But if you have any weaknesses at all and you get in that business, whether it's drugs or alcohol, you're doomed. And It'll I, just be I, amplified. And I brought friends out from Calif- from Pennsylvania that wanted to get in the business too, and I couldn't believe it. I brought two girlfriends out back to back. Both of them started interacting with the wrong people immediately. Both of them started doing coke, and both of them I had to put back on a plane and say, "This isn't for you." Right. Wow. You ready for your tarot card reading? Oh my god! I'm oh so ready. my god! Yeah. All right. So shuffle as much as you want and however you want. Last time I did this was in Key West and the time before I like to do it on vacation I did it in uh, New Orleans when I was 19 years old really when's the last time you had a tarot card reading you had a tarot card reading on Bourbon Street yeah I thought it was such a cool thing to do right it was just I can visually out of all the things to do on Bourbon Street well I was 18 I was you know I did see a girl pick up quarters with her vagina and spit it into shot glasses well now we're talking I was fascinated (laughs) okay at that age I want to go there so bad I just (laughs) wanted to interview her and be like so, so how did what you teach you to know you could do this? That's what I want to know. Where do you perfect it? Is there someone better than you? Is this <laughs> who taught a, you this? Who taught you? I exactly. need to know. I need to know. How do you me. like how do you see a qu- like a quarter and go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out. Yeah. I can't even get that low. How the fuck can you even it's, squat that it, deep? It's, it's I know it fascinates like my mind starts reeling right away. I don't fall into the fantasy of it. I go no, into like, I'm like I want to fucking know the talk answers. To yeah. What do your parents think? Do they know? Is this a hereditary thing? Did you learn this at home? You should be paid. So, yeah, for this. <laughs> you get paid well. All right. So oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so normally it's a three card. I I can do three or six card. So I was going to do three, but then the way you handed me the deck was with this with a card up. So when that happens, when there's a card that kind of falls out or speaks to me on top of it, I take it as an extra message on top of the reading. So. This is going to be this your extra so message. Man, I didn't know I was going to get this done today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. 
So I'm going to start with the Three of Swords reversed, okay? And for the people who can't see it, for those of you who can't, it's a, it's a heart with three swords going through it. It's a very intense card. And what it's saying is, um, in your past, you actually were very much guarding your heart. Uh, you didn't want to be vulnerable. You weren't ready at that point to really let yourself open up. So even though you were interested in, you know, connecting to yourself and the spiritual stuff, you weren't really ready to kind of put yourself out there in that way. And yeah, you were, you were scared. But so I'm in a spiritual school and one of my teachers, he says, in order to have a whole heart, you need to make friends with a broken heart, which most of us want to avoid because sure. heartbreak sure. is sure. brutal, right. obviously. So you were just for a while, for a lot of your life, because I think there was a lot of heartbreak as a child in, the, in your home environment. Oh, and up until this year when I retired, there was a lot of heartbreak. Good for you, though, because now it's like a new we'll get into it. It's like fresh start stuff is happening right now. Um, But, yeah, that was more of the past of really guarding and protecting your heart and not really being ready to open yourself up in that way. But (laughs) a new it's like a new phase is coming. I feel it. It's it's here. And um, I feel it also because I've been able to sit still more and read and really absorb what I'm reading. And I know that I wasn't absorbing as much. I could have read the same book 10 years ago and I wouldn't have pulled as much from it. It's very interesting. I don't have the TV on as much either. I play music more now. Wow. And it's like, I think those things are like just happening. I'm not forcing them to happen, but it's opening me up more. Absolutely. You're in a new space. Yeah. And I was talking about that with one of my friends today because with me making my one of my first big good decisions. <laughs> not your first. You know what I mean though? Like I made a really healthy decision and I felt clear. A whole new space opens up. It yeah. feels empty, but in a good way. Yeah. So you can read a book and less... Absorb it. Yes, because not less be thoughts are taking up space. Yeah, And you sleep better too. Yes. Because you don't have chatter when you're laying down or in the middle of the night. Yeah. So you're in this space where it's it's it, something has opened up for you. Your heart and other things. Good, because I'm seeing this guy that I want to be serious with next week. Really? Well, well. We've known each other since 2007, but we finally had the relationship talk, so now we're going to see. Oh, boy. Really? Yeah. Well, Ten of Cups, it's um, about gonna... emotional fulfillment. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be with this guy, mm-hmm. um, but it's saying that you will have everything you want. But what's interesting about the Ten of Cups is it looks like there's a happy, typical family on there. A message that goes with this card is, it's your emotional fulfillment. It doesn't have to look like that right. cookie cutter right. thing because right. everyone's got a different vibration. Right. I call it a soul song. So you're going to bring to you. I like that soul song. <laughs> I'm using that. You're going to bring to you what matches your frequency. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What your happiness is. But you deserve it. And I feel like, yeah, what's, what's also clicking is the self-worth. Like, I deserve to right. be happy. Right. I deserve I to have my needs I deserve to interact met. with people that I want to interact with. Exactly. Because before you were kind of overriding yeah, it. Justifying it. Yeah. Out of boredom or whatever your excuse is. Which is what most of us do, I think. Yeah. We, that loneliness that we all feel, that kind of void. Yeah. We try to fill it with all these external things. Yep. But you're finally going within and opening your heart. And it's opening up so much for you. And you do. You have a glowy energy to you. Thank you. <laughs> and a lot of people who are stars, like Oprah, big fan of Oprah. Big fan. Okay, do you watch Broad? Do you watch Broad City? Yeah. Do you love that they have the picture of Oprah above Alana's bed in her bedroom? I love it. It's They're, that broken up photo of Oprah. I'm like, we gotta get a photo of Oprah for her. Like, I love it. They're, it's so great. They, what was it? The second season, the first one, <laughs> where she pegs. So Did you see that one where yes. she pegs? That yes. was like my favorite episode of She's all time. Just of anything. There the conversation with the strap on. on. Like, what do you mean? You I love that show. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Back to you. <laughs> Oh. Um, where she pegs. 
right now is a good time also to be resting. To oh, that's sleep great because I have been. Yeah, it's about because I feel like those thoughts have taken their toll on you yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. They were running, they were constant. So make sure that you give yourself the rest that your body is asking for without feeling bad about it. Is it wrong right now to admit that I stayed in bed all day yesterday? I was productively watching football, doing some tweeting. My computer was with me, but it was a bed island kind of day. It wasn't even... That's every Sunday. It's football. But usually I'll move to the couch. I'm in a studio. It's not that far. You know, My lazy ass couldn't even get over to the couch yesterday. You need that. And then I was asleep before the Sunday night game ended, so I had to watch it this morning. I was a little more... Productive. I was on the recliner, then went to the couch okay. and back to the recliner. So you killed it. I guess it's like a Sunday, but I think even for you, it doesn't even have to be a Sunday. I think you need to catch up on rest, whatever that means for you. Eight to ten hours, which for the first up until January of this year, I only let myself sleep four hours a night, and I would do a nap wow. every day. So for twenty some years, I did four hours because you get three days at the end of the week back, buddy, for productivity. Shave that sleep time when you're young. All right, you can do it. But now. I'm like, don't do it. Rest now. Joke. I feel better. I can work out harder. Uh, Everything's you're less bloated when you're more rested because you don't have as much. Everything's better. And this is allowing that rest is also allowing for the space as well. You're not as run down. Sure, of course. You're more patient. And your extra last card that kind of came out. (laughs) It's the lovers. Now, it's not talking about. This is more talking about happiness. Yeah, but 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 the lovers is talking about you're finally. Uh, not focusing so much on the external and going within. It's about your connection to yourself, really getting into that spiritual part of yourself that I think you've always been really connected to, but now you're really going there and remembering that, yeah, that it's what we were talking about before. It's not within money, cars, all that other stuff that's going to actually bring fulfillment. Right. You know, you're realizing that you can have as much of that as you want, right. but it's that connection to self that's, that really matters, and that's what's going on. I love it. It's beautiful. All of them are great. No, I didn't die. There was no weird disease. Because they tell you bad shit sometimes, too. You they know? say you're going to get a disease? Well, no, but they'll tell you, like, watch out. In seven years, there's going to be this situation. One time, <laughs> my mom went to one of, I don't know if it was a tarot card or it was just like a psychic or some shit. And she told them uh, that one of her sons got a girl pregnant. And my mom came home flipping Freaking out. Freaking out. She's like, what? Who the fuck? Out. And I was like, mom. What the fuck? No one is pregnant, ma. People have to be really careful about what quote unquote psychic you go to because you have to go to someone who's really yeah. There's not that I'm healed on every but block. Who has good energy, positive energy, and they're not taking their bullshit and putting it onto and you. And it should be somebody you've met. Like we at least interacted for a yeah. bit of time. I, yeah. To walk in on a cold stranger and then just sit down and have them start checking you out. I it's feel like weird. I feel like I want to wear the opposite of anything I would normally wear to throw them off. Like I'd walk <laughs> in like a pair of uh, Crocs, you know, and maybe some real baggy sweatpants just to see her judging me and trying to tell me who I am. But yeah. No. She's like, I, I, I can tell you're very lazy and I you don't it. work. <laughs> uh, I agree with everything that you're saying. This past year, you know, the first six months was chaotic, getting out of the business. There was a lot of backlash. There were a lot of people that made money off of me. See, I didn't tell anyone I was retiring because at the peak of me making money, I realized how many people were using me. And as that hit me and how used I felt after Palin, I realized I wanted to have a really strict plan for retirement. Mm. I was telling no one and that I would execute it. So when I went to execute it, there was backlash. First thing that happened, the distributor that had all of my products. So I took a half a million dollars of my savings and I invested in a production company to produce enough movies that could be about 28 total pieces that I could own 
distribute as DVDs. They would also distribute them for VOD, cable sales, Europe. And I would get to own it from my website that would continue to give me updates from my website for the next 10 years because I can really stretch that content. Um, the day I announced my retirement, he had a fire sale on all my product. He put all my product on 70% off sales. <laughs> so now all these warehouses are stocking up because they know I'm not going to be in the business anymore. And what that did was it cut a passive income of 20000 a month down to a zero income. <sighs> So it was a shit show. And that took me about six months to straighten out, get all my product remastered, take it to another distributor. He wouldn't give me back my masters. What an asshole. I had 42,000 DVDs that I had paid for to be packaged, labeled, everything else. And the tricky thing he did was when I started my company, he said, well, I'm going to put my my logo on your product because I distribute it. And I was like, whatever. I didn't think anything of it. So when it was done and I said, I want to have a truck come and pick up, I have court orders, I get my DVDs. He had them all ripped out of the cases. Now the cases I pay three fifty for each. So think about forty two pieces times forty two thousand pieces times three dollars and fifty cents. I'm just eating this loss. They took them all out of the cases and threw them in boxes. So my guys come to pick it up and it's just boxes of discs, all scratching each other, all like I'm looking at it like I just got fucked out of this. I just spent a ridiculous amount on a lawyer. You just did this and now you hand me back my product like this. And he was all just mad that he could no longer make money off of you? It's just a really evil place. The business is, is doesn't want any woman to walk away ahead or feeling better about right. herself in any way, shape, or form. So it was just resistance on every level. And it was just because he could. And he loves going to court. And he has a lot more money than me. And he has no kids or family. So he will do these things just out of pure evil pleasure on his own. But it took me until June of living hell from January to June, to actually sit down with a public defender and ask some real questions because I was worried I was spending a ton of money with my lawyer. My retainer was at 30000 a month from the go because it's copyright law. It's all, but, but what you're doing is you're filing in all these different courts and you're making the state a ton of money. You're making your lawyer a ton of money. And he's responding back with one sentence answers. So we have to keep sending him more shit. And by June, I sat down with a public defender and she said, this will be in your life for at least 10 to 15 more years. And you can look at another $5 million if you want to hold on. Because even if you win, he's going to appeal. And if he wins, you're going to appeal. So is this in your, and it was that day I was allowed to just say, fuck it. I'm going to walk away from all of it and cut my losses. It was that court date where you're like, you're either in like Flynn for the next five years or you're going to walk away. And asking her those questions, I thought to myself, I've never really been hurt in the business. I had a pretty awesome career. My situation financially is still going to be okay. I took care of things very well. This is a bump and it's a painful bump, but I'm never going to open another door if I keep having to walk down this hallway to fix Mm -hmm, this problem. Like nothing new is going to come into my lap. I just fucking just say, it's done. You let it go. I let it go. And it was, (laughs) it was great. It really helped. I mean, it just, you know. Good for you. Yep. Yeah. Wow. But what an ass. He's in a lot of pain. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. A yeah, lot of pain that Just guy. a miserable little motherfucker. So whatever your fucking name is, you're probably not listening to our podcast, but you need a tarot card reading. And then, <laughs> and, 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 and then, and then he got people to join up against me and they started this really nasty thing. And in, in January, I was presenting an award in an award show and he had these girls sitting at his table. And I was standing, I went up, luckily first, and stood up and he had this girl stand up and she stood up. She was so proud. You dirty old fucking cunt. Get your fucking fat ass off stage. Just like ripping me apart while I'm standing in front of about 500 people. And I'm like, all right. I had predicted something of the sort. So I had memorized a nice little thing. And I just said, this isn't about you tonight. This is about all the people that have come here for this show. I'd like to thank XBiz for putting this in. I went in. And I just walked over to them afterwards and said, thanks for having me up first. And I left. 
she rallied so many nasty people that I had hate on Twitter for about four or five months. And I thought, how fucking sad, you motherfuckers. I've been around since VHS. I'm the person that opened up many feature gigs for you girls, opened up the opportunity to host at nightclubs, legitimized a lot of things, fought a lot of directors. You selfish little trifling bitches <laughs> are just so fucking stupid. Fuck all of you. I never responded on Twitter. I don't, I got but my first 10 days of January. There were death threats at my house every day. In L.A. Nice. I had my boobs redone. I'm stuck on stupid on the couch on meds. And I'm having the cops search my house every fucking day. I mean, the, the, the scene that started with one person that he let get into every other person, it affected every single aspect of my I was getting harassing phone calls on my radio show. It's funny because I was cleaning out my voicemail yesterday. And I, got, and I re-listened to all the death threats. Because some of them I would talk to the person. Because it got to the point on like the 18th day. The first night was New Year's Eve. And I had a, my friend Kayla staying with me, and we were watching the JLo special, and my, my, my cell phone rings, and it's the caller ID is from my home phone. And I have a pretty big place in L.A. It's four floors. So I answered the phone. I didn't answer the phone. I saw it was my home phone. I'm sorry. I, closed, I didn't answer the phone. I put Kayla in front of the camera. I hit the panic button. I checked the message. The message says, I'm coming downstairs to kill you. And, of course, I believed it at that time because I hadn't had 18 more. Mm-hmm. And this was just all these fucking people just trying to fucking ruin me mentally. That's all this really was. It was one person on top of another giving out personal information of mine. You know, at one point, 10 days into it, the guy called and he completely read me a model release. He had my full name, my address, my driver's license, my social. You know, he's like, I'm a super hacker. I'm going to take everything you own. Like, I was going through this. And I just realized, man... This is just a bunch of these motherfuckers fucking with me. It was a tumultuous start to my year. When did this end? When did this? It ended in June when I ended court. Good for you. And now you have a whole fresh start. Yeah. 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 It was pretty fucking brutal. I was walking around my house with an illegal AK-47 at all fucking times for three weeks. Jesus. <laughs> That's I'm terrifying. Fucking motherfucker. So Poor someone thing. called you and was like, hey, I'm upstairs. I'm coming downstairs. Right. From so, her home phone. I'm, I'm going to so call when, you real quick. When the cops come, they explain to me this is very common. They can use apps online now where you can spoof the phone number. Right, and if you have exactly. someone's information, they say they, they hit up a lot of elderly people and they'll scam them and say they're either the IRS or, or they're and, and people fall for it and they yeah. give them like their info. So, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm happy you're here now and that all that stuff's been let go of. And thank you for coming on. Thank you you're for great. having me. Yes, We're going to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go ballroom dancing oh, with your girlfriend. I can't wait to hear do all about it. it. Seriously, why not? And videotape Yo, it. She'll, she'll do crazy fucking sexual shit for you that she hasn't done The way already. that she says that, it's like... I'm telling you I don't have right that now. kind of thing. I, I wish she's I got did. It. She's Especially got it. because you said no to her once. If you surprise her with it, oh, mind blown. I'm what do you t- mean? You said no. I thought you'd never do that. <laughs> oh, just like I thought you'd never, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you just acted out a whole scene. I she's know. got the whole fucking, she's like, wait, all right, we're going to film this now. Yeah, Forget this about it. my day-to-day operations a lot. <laughs> whole Food Guys Hall. My heart started beating quicker. You, see, you start doing the like, come on, do it. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I never to, I thought you like, would ever. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a fucking sudden. <laughs> Well, where can they find you, our you listeners? You can hit me up at the Real Lisa Ann on Twitter and on Instagram. And December fifteenth, I release my book titled "The Life," and you're gonna love it. Aw, I'm gonna read your book. It really, you're for gonna sure. Like it. You're, you're gonna, gonna read it and talk about it for like five years. Maybe. I really, really. <laughs> I, I started my books s- I like, I like. Not for yeah. five years, because I started my second one already. So. Did you oh, really? Boy. Good for you, uh-huh. man. You're motivating me. 
Um, guys, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at the Kate Wolf. You can email me for a tarot card reading, kwolf27 at gmail.com. Joe? And if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, at Joe Santagato. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Bye.